Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode four of The Wiles of Satan by William Spurstow. Now, as there are none as watchful as Satan to spy out any advantages, so there are none as knowing to discern the very nick of time when the temptation will be more prevalent. Man often miscarries, and his undertakings become like immature births because he does not know his time. Ecclesiastes 9.12 But Satan is more successful in his undertakings because he acts from experience and fully understands when and how to apply himself to every age and constitution. All his methods of temptation are like the aphorisms of physicians, which are nothing but the collections of experimental observations drawn into rules to direct and order their practice by. And as Galen makes the two legs upon which the whole body of medicine stands to be reason and experience, so may I say that the two chief parts in which the art of the devil's subtlety in tempting consists are the greatness of his natural knowledge and the length of his experience. Second, his experience, which now amounts to about 5,000 years, gives him great advantage in tempting as it makes him dexterous and ready in the obviating of difficulties and replying to every doubt that is made when any suggestion is propounded and urged by him. Satan can, with great skill, palliate and disguise the deformity of sin by giving it a false complexion, by drawing a veil over it, or by showing it half-faced, as Apelles painted King Antigonus to conceal the want of his eye. Yet there are but few temptations, too scandalous and gross skins, but at first startle the consciences of natural men, much more of others, and raise a cloud of objections which must be scattered before their consent can be gained. Now the objections or doubts which arise in men's minds of this present age are no other than what Satan has again and again met with in every generation and succession of men, yea, almost in every person, when tempted by him to the same or like sin. And as he still expects for the future to find the same reasonings to hinder and keep off a compliance with his suggestions. So what replies or answers he has experienced to be most prevalent, either for perverting the knowledge or staggering the faith of the tempted, them he still makes use of from time to time to remove the same prejudices that stir in others when set upon by him 
to commit the same sin. And this it is which often startles and perplexes many Christians. Not only that they are tempted to sin, but that their pleas and arguments against it are so suddenly answered and replied unto. No sooner can they give an objection, but the old serpent has a solution. And like a subtle sophister, he always has something to return to whatever they can object. But if they considered that the evils to which they are tempted are no other than what has been suggested unto thousands, so their arguments brought against them are no other than what he has been thousands of times acquainted with and replied unto, they would not so much wonder at his nimbleness in this kind, nor take the way of arguing as most convenient to oppose him. Christ's rebuke, get thee hence Satan, Matthew 4.10, did more to foil him than all reasonings and authorities produced. And the safest way for us to come off clear with him is rather to be resolute in a flat denial than busy in an eager dispute. When Naomi saw that Ruth was steadfastly minded to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Ruth 118. Third, his experience animates him with confidence to assault the best and holiest of saints, if not to extinguish their light, yet to eclipse their luster, if not to cause a shipwreck, yet to raise a storm, if not to hinder their happy end, yet to molest them in their way. Such practices he has found not only to have some success against the strong, but to intimidate and discourage the weak, who are apt from the particular foils of renowned Christians in the faith to make sad conclusions against themselves and cry out, What shall the spats and rafters do if the pillars of the building tremble? What shall the reeds and willows do if the cedars are shaken? Who has wrestled with him and not halted? Who has entered the field against him and not been wounded by him? Was not Noah a just and perfect man, one who walked with God when all flesh had corrupted their way, smitten with the darts of this Apollyon between the joints and the harness? Was not Lot, whose righteous soul was vexed from day to day with the unlawful deeds of Sodom, enticed by his arts into the complicated lusts of drunkenness and incest? Was not David, a man after God's own heart, a sad instance of both his power and man's frailty? Through Satan's instigation, 
David made a second crime to be the consequence of a former one, and to cover the deformity of his adultery, he sent Uriah drunk to his bed, and then he became a murderer when that would not do, and dispatched him to his grave. How then shall I, who fall so short of them as a winter's day does a summer's day, who have neither that life, heat, or heavenly influences with which they were felt, be ever able to stand. But yet, as no man ought to presume that there are any degrees of grace that will exempt him from Satan's onsets, who is not afraid to war with Michael and his angels, Revelation 12, 7, much less with the woman and her seed. So, none ought to despair by reason of the weakness of his grace of maintaining a conflict with him, because though his rage has been great and his strategies many, yet he has he never been able to make the seed of grace in its conception to prove abortive, nor has he ever been able to destroy a believer in his swaddling bands, much less in his armor. Demonstration three. A third demonstration which may further evidence the abilities of Satan in tempting is that it is the only design and business that he has propounded unto himself and has prosecuted with most unwearied diligence ever since he became an impure devil instead of a holy angel. It is the grand and sole business in which he lays himself out and thereby becomes not only more dexterous in it, but also more formidable. It is an Italian proverb, Lord, deliver me from a man who has but one business to do. That man will be sure to mind and tend it, and thereby get many advantages against an encumbered adversary who can never obtain the least against him. For it is with the powers and faculties of rational beings, as it is with other things which become more or less active and vigorous, according to the combination or division which they undergo. Many small wax lights, which of themselves burn faintly, when put into one torch or taper, send forth a bright and shining flame. Many little bells, which tinkle together to please children, when melted and cast into one great bell, affect the ear with a more solemn and awful sound. Many single threads which snap asunder with the least touch, when twisted together, make a strong cable which can withstand the fury and violence of a storm. That was episode four of The Wiles of Satan by William Burstow.